I feel like a self-love journey in a way or another happens during our entire lives. Even when we're at our darkest places and we're thinking, I want to get out, I want things to improve. That's already a little step, you know, having some hope or just at least embracing the concept and the idea that things can get better. Um, you know, every moment that I've experienced and everything that I've been through in one way or another has led me to this moment and has kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. Welcome everyone to Life with Lisa podcast. Our mission at Life with Lisa is to share people's stories and the challenges that they have overcome so that those who are listening in can get the strength, the courage, and the hope to become their better selves. Today, we have a very uplifting guest. She's the one who founded Waves of Thoughts, which is a positive psychology coaching. And she is also the one who has built a huge community of beautiful, like-minded people. And she's helping them daily, showing up and helping them to become their better selves, embrace self-love, unfreeze from their negative station that they could be stuck in and actually take action. I love how each piece of content that she's creating is deepened by the fact that she actually studies psychology and is sharing all of this beautiful knowledge with us in such a simple form. Irene, welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me today. It's awesome to have you here. And I wanted to dive deeper into that part. I know that you studied psychology um, firstly in the UK and also then you dive deeper in the positive psychology in the Netherlands. And I was wondering what, what is actually, what was actually that something that encouraged you to go study psychology in the first place? I think this is a brilliant first question so people can actually really get to know my background. So as you said, I started my journey with studying psychology in the UK. I'm originally from Portugal, but I moved to the UK when I was 18 to do a bachelor's in psychology with neuroscience. And then once that was done, I moved abroad yet again, but this time to the Netherlands where I did a master's degree in positive psychology. But I think the reason why I decided to study psychology actually was due to a bunch of different reasons. The first one was that I've just always been so fascinated by the human minds and the fact that there is still so much to discover about how the brain works, how the mind functions, just really excited me, you know, that vast range of un undiscovered terrain, basically. At the same time, I've always felt really drawn to the area, especially the positive side of psychology, I think for my own personal reasons. You know, for years, I've struggled a lot with my mental health, with like low self-esteem, low self-worth, and just overall very dark thoughts. So in a way, I think I was in this, in this kind of journey to discovering the answers to my own struggles. And on top of all of this, all the things that I was feeling and believing in and thinking, I just did not want other people to have to go through them. So I think in a way, I also pursued psychology with the intention to learn the tools and the methodologies and the theories that could help other people as well, not have to go through what I was th feeling and thinking. Oh my God. I think it's the most beautiful answer because I love when people actually take something that broke them or what was something that was so heavy for them and they try to lighten the load for others and to make sure that that pain that they have experienced others don't have to go through or, or at least not to that deep extent yeah, of that pain. so it's yeah. so beautiful that you're doing and i really felt such a strong intention also behind waves of thoughts and i really 
I was so impressed that you actually took action and you started acting upon that. You're like, okay, I have this intention to actually help people, but also you took action. So can you please also share a bit of about waves of thoughts? Because I know that also you started it even earlier, but then you yeah, came back yes, to it. Yes, I did. Now. Yeah, absolutely. So actually I started waves of thoughts in 2018. So when I first moved to England, And it started as just a lifestyle blog where I documented, you know, my travels, my experiences as a student abroad. But eventually it grew over the years and fast forward to today, it evolved to become this platform, this community to your go-to space for learning how to create a life of happiness, where I share a lot of things that I've learned, all the tools, all rooted in positive psychology, most of them. Um, yes, it now includes a beautiful community of over 50,000 people, which is absolutely insane. And we also have a Discord server to share connections and to foster connections and to share experiences, which is also a big portion of living a life of happiness is that connection and sense of belongingness as well. But recently I've also launched my one-on-one -on -one coaching services as well. I have been doing some group workshops and group coaching sessions this past year, but now I've fully launched the one-on-one -on -one service for even deeper, for more personalized guidance. Um, so yes, with the thoughts, it's just kind of the way I can more share what I've learned and so I can help reach more people as well. I was like, if there were more people here, can we just give a round of applause for right? Irene for actually taking action and helping people even into that in the deeper way because this is i'm so proud of you for doing that and um i wanted to ask first as, as someone who because you help people live lives in a more positive way mm -hmm. what are some of the most common questions or problems that people ask you or come to you with there's actually a range of questions that for me, because I've been in the field of psychology for so long, for me, they just become so natural and so like obvious in a way. So for me, it's really interesting that a lot of the questions that I receive are just back to the basics. How can you start your self-love journey, for example? How can you practice self-care? How can you start uh, working on yourself and focusing on yourself? So for me, it's really interesting because it's very down to the basics, how people can start, but a lot of people really have the intention and the interest and the willingness to start their journeys, but they just don't really know how to. So a lot of the things that I share for some people that might be already in more deeper into their journey might be more obvious or more natural, but actually a lot of people are just starting out or are newbies to the area, but they really have the willingness to try and to start. They just don't really know how. So I'll, I cover a lot of the basics most of the time. Yeah, that's cool. And also I think what's, what's very interesting, it's like once you've been deeper into a topic, then you can simplify it and like mention it in very simple steps, like some things that people can do to actually get started. And it's, it's, um, I think it's very insightful. And at the same time, I, I, if you could also share it with us. So if someone says that how, if they are struggling and they're in the dark place, how can they actually start and start going on to that self-love journey? Yeah, I think this is a great What question. would be your few comments that you would make on that topic? Yeah, absolutely. I always say whenever building any habits or working towards any goals, 
I always recommend starting slow, very slow and very small. That's always what I recommend. So breaking down your goal into very small, actionable steps so that you're not overwhelmed to start and it's easy to start and it's easy to continue showing up. Starting very small and very slow. Now, when it comes to these negative patterns in specific, I think one of the most powerful steps you can take in building um, this journey is building your self-awareness. I think that's one of the most important steps. So whether it be through meditating or completing journaling prompts, there's a lot of different ways you can do this. But becoming aware of your patterns and your common responses, I think it's really crucial to this healing process and to improving your relationship with yourself and your relationship with other people as well, whether directly or indirectly, that also affects. So engaging with this process of building your self-awareness will allow you to notice when you're starting to engage with those patterns so that you can stop yourself and be like, wait a minute, I'm doing this again. And then you can try to engage with using a different alternative, a healthier alternative. So if you're stuck in this like negative self-talk cycle, whether you're just being your own critic or you're just thinking things like, oh, I'm not good enough, I'm not doing enough, the counter response to these thoughts is kindness. So treating yourself with compassion, being understanding with yourself, acknowledging that you're human and making mistakes is just part of the process. And this journey is not linear. So you're going to mess up. You're going to figure out what works for you, what doesn't. So it's just a learning process overall. So just being kind with yourself and yeah, being kind with yourself and fostering the self-awareness, I think is what it really comes down to. I love that reply because also I think from the self-awareness, you start building the relationship with yourself. And that's that actually mm -hmm. something that happened with me once I started journaling and I've been already journaling for many years, but I think that was actually the key activity because then once you actually also start putting down on paper, all your biggest fears or all insecurities or the situations so that you start imagining, you just start putting, putting down on paper, you realize that how much of this is actually will never happen. Your worst case scenario probably will never happen. And Absolutely, your biggest fear yeah. is maybe once you start taking action, you just realize it's, it's just like, it's not true. And it's just your mind that tries to keep you safe and it tries to keep you in mm -hmm. your comfort zone so that you are in safety and you will not expose yourself. But having that self-awareness and building the relationship with yourself was so, so key for me just to realize it and to just like break through any negative or limiting beliefs that I have. So I absolutely would say that that's just such a great way to start and to organize your thoughts, if one may, might say so. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Sometimes we just get so overwhelmed with our thoughts. There's just so much going on up here, right? So I think journaling is one of the most beautiful practices just to get it all out and to organize and get clarity as well. And like you said, most of the times it's just that fear of the unknown, a fear of the future of what the possibilities of what might happen that just stop us. But if we look on the other side, it's what if everything works out? What if things go the way they should? What if everything works out in the end, everything is all right to the end, you know, there's also that possibility. And sometimes we're just self-sabotaging us and not even giving ourselves the chance of even trying. And if we don't try, we'll never know how things will work and things might work out in a beautiful way. So. 
And also, you know, there is this quote that says that actually we are not scared that we are not good enough. We are just afraid of our full potential better because it's so powerful. We're like, whoa, you know, you start actually doing something and then you get better at it. You actually get good at it. They're like, oh my God, I cannot believe like, who is this person, new person basically, who is now achieving and doing so much that you can then self-sabotage yourself back to the more normal state of yours. But actually our potential is truly limitless. And once we start taking action and we realize that most of our fears are not real once we put them down on paper and then started taking the action. I wanted, I wanted also to ask you about your self-love journey, because you mentioned that one of the reasons that you went for studying psychology was not only because you thought of the huge variety of topics and like the, the topic of the mind that was very interesting to you, but also that you yourself were struggling with mental health issues and being in the dark place. So how did you, what were the steps that you started taking and how did your self-love journey go? I feel like a self-love journey in a way or another happens during our entire lives. Even when we're at our darkest places and we're thinking, I want to get out. I want things to improve. That's already a little step you know, having some hope or just at least embracing the concept and the idea that things can get better. Um, you know, every moment that I've experienced and everything that I've been through in one way or another has led me to this moment and has kind of shaped me into the person that I am today. Um, that being said, I think I can pinpoint that during my master's degree, I think that was when I started embarking more on this journey and accepting self-love and that I am worth love and I'm worth good things. Um, and also, I think at the beginning of this year, it's when I fully, fully embarked into that journey as well. It's when I fully decided to spend my energy and dedicate my energy and my time to working on myself, to improving my relationship with myself and just overall healing physically and mentally. And I think it was a really beautiful decision. It can definitely be challenging at times because, as I said, progress is lo not linear. Your journey is never linear. There are always ups and downs. And, of course, I'm still working on a bunch of different aspects. But, you know, after just a few months of being intentional and trying, because that's what really comes down to just trying, giving yourself the chance I can say that I'm already feeling like so much more confident and I already have so much more appreciation for myself. And for example, for everything my body does for me and everything my mind does for me. And it, life is just lighter when you accept yourself and when you're kind to yourself. So I think it always started with just having some hope and wishing for something better and then slowly taking steps of choosing to be kind to yourself and choosing to take care of yourself whether that be through self-care, self-love, whatever practices work for you. No journey is linear and no journey is the same. Whatever works for you might not work for someone else. So it's just figuring out ways that you can nourish your mind, nourish your body, be kind to yourself. I think those are the big steps. And, you know, starting slow, like I said, starting small. I remember doing my master's degree at one point I was, it was so ridiculous because I was literally studying about how to be happy and also with a focus on the workplace. So how to avoid stress, how to avoid burnouts. And there I was feeling so like burned out at one 
point as well. So I really had to choose, wait, hold on, like this cannot go like this anymore. I really need to do something about it. So I started taking a few little steps, starting to journal a little bit, starting to meditate sometimes, um, choosing to do things that bring brought me joy, you know, just a few little things, a few little steps that overall and in the long term will build a big, strong foundation as well. It's so beautiful because it's truly the small steps that are taken consistently in the right direction that lead to this huge, Absolutely. beautiful transformation in the long Absolutely, term. Yeah. I was wondering if you could actually go back in time and you can see yourself a few years ago and give a, a big hug, but also say a few words, what would you actually say to your younger self? Oh, life would have been so much easier to navigate if I had like the wisdom and some of the knowledge that I have now from life experiences, like it would have definitely been so much easier. But I think one of the biggest things is don't pile up your emotions, feel everything you need to feel, whether you need to cry, whether you want to laugh, just feel everything. You're not any less for feeling frustrated or for feeling sad or for feeling hungry, you know? All of these emotions are necessary, so just feel them all. Don't pile up. Second thing, I think I would say stop comparing yourself to other people. You know, especially in high school and middle school, we're just so prone to comparing ourselves to all the kids in our class, everyone in the school. We're just so prone to that. It's a very a very important part of our development. And of course we draw a lot from what we see around us and whether that be at school or at home or whatever. But the point is everyone's just trying to figure things out. So the, it's more important to just focus on your journey. Know that it's not linear, progress over perfection always, and that you are in the right path and everything is going to turn out okay in the end. I think that's what I would tell my younger self. And I think anyone who is listening in now and is like, oh my God, I really needed to hear these words because I'm just like at that part of the journey. So I'm sure these words will change people's lives. So like, or maybe if they don't believe you yet, they're like, oh no, <laughs> you know, they need to experience One all of this experience that you have yet, experienced because. Yeah. If they don't believe this yet one day, just embrace the possibility. One day you're going to look back at these words. They're going to think, oh. Maybe, maybe they were right after all. Maybe they made sense after all. Yeah. And actually you touched upon a very interesting topic for me because you mentioned that you would say to yourself that emotions, no emotions are bad emotions and that just like the label that we give to them. So could yeah, you just yeah. explain your thoughts on this topic? Why no emotions are bad emotions and how, why do sometimes we do feel guilty when we feel angry or frustrated or anxious or find ourselves comparing? Yeah, no, absolutely. Actually, I think this is one of my favorite areas and subjects within the positive psychology, uh, which we call emodiversity. So emodiversity basically refers to not only accepting all emotional states, but also prioritizing this diverse experience of emotions because emotions are not bad or good. We just label them. Like you said, each emotion and each type of emotion provides us with some sort of information. So for example, Negative emotions might be crucial for our survival or for reflecting, but positive emotions might guide us towards rewards or opportunities. Like every single emotion that we feel provides us with some sort of important information about ourselves and about the world. 
So experiencing this range of emotions helps us foster, for example, resistance. And it also helps us get a more adaptive psychological repertoire of emotions. So while it is important, and the issue arises here, while it is important to feel all emotions, all feelings, let it all out, an issue arises when there's an imbalance between the ratio of positive and negative emotions. Let's call them positive and negative, even though they're all okay. There's an, there's the issue is when there's an imbalance. Um, so for example, for depression, there's an imbalance. There's way more negative emotions compared to positive ones. On the other side, for example, in manic episodes, you have way more positive compared to negative. So the issue is when there's this imbalance. Now, one negative emotion does not equal one positive one. They don't, they're not, they don't balance each other out, you know, so to speak. The ratio, just for reference, there's no need to try to get this perfect, but the ideal ratio is three positive emotions for each one negative experience. But again, these emotions, they're not complementary. They're not opposites. They're all necessary, absolutely all necessary. So this is just a ratio for reference, but I don't want anyone to now stress out. Oh no, I need to feel three or um, to balance out one or whatever. You know, they're all good. They're all important to feel. So again, don't pile up your emotions. If you need to cry, cry. If you want to like be angry, be angry, let it all out. If you want to laugh, laugh, just welcome all states because they all provide you with information about yourself and about the world. So those are my thoughts on this very interesting topic that we call emo diversity. I love that. I didn't know that one negative, negative uh, equals yeah, yeah. or to balance out, we need to have like three positive. I just wonder mm -hmm. how, for example, <laughs> because now I'm just wondering like how exactly, for example, if I have like a very bad day or I have like lots of bad emotions, is there any way I can increase it by some bringing more positive emotions or like, how can one actually increase then the positive ones? Would it be just laughing? <laughs> well, I think it depends because there's such a vast range of emotions, you know? And I think, again, if you're having a bad day, just feel it you know if you have to cry cry but afterwards when you're trying to pick yourself up i think it will depend a little bit on who you are and what works for you and what doesn't so it doesn't just have to be happiness it doesn't just have to be joy it can just be peace it can just be relaxation whatever you find is let's call it a positive emotion you know um, you know, there's so many of them. So when you're trying to pick yourself up after feeling your feelings, after crying, well, you have to cry because that's very important. How you pick yourself up will vary. So it could be, for example, you could call a loved one and connect with them and have that sense of belongingness and connection, or you could practice some self-care, you know, whatever activity works for you, or you could go out in the sun for a run in nature. That also helps a lot. You know, there's a bunch of different ways where you can pick yourself back up after feeling everything that you felt. But again, this ratio is just from the research, what they determine as ideal. But again, I don't want anyone hearing this to think, oh no, three, I need to feel one, whatever. It's just kind of the ideal. The point is, if there's a big, big imbalance, if you're feeling too, too many, or you're feeling uh, like all the positive ones, which at once at one point people can think it's a good idea but maybe there might be something underlying 
Um, but again, depends. Every case is different. I love that you actually stress so much attention on like, please don't stress out yes. if you're not feeling the yes. one to three ratio. Yes. No, of <laughs> course. And I think this is not the intention. Of course. No, no, no. Always. Like I'm, tr I always try to be so intentional with what I share, like on social media, especially also because, you know, from my background in psychology, I feel like I have, um, it's my role to be conscious with what I share and to only try to share things that are, are valuable, but are also rooted in like scientific findings and research. So things that have been kind of proven, not really proven, but supported, that's the right words. Um, and I, I sometimes see people sharing things on social media that I'm looking at, I'm just like, wow, this doesn't make any sense. Like, where did you get this information? So I always stress in everything that I share, even though it's based, take everything with a grain of salt. Some things that some tools, for example, I like to share a bunch of tools, um, on how people can lead like a happier life. But I always stress this, whatever works for you might not work for someone else. These are just tools. So take them with a grain of salt and, you know, take what resonates, leave what doesn't like we're all unique. Our lives are different. Um, so, you know, whatever works for you, try it out, but yeah, not everything will. And that's okay too. I definitely think that that's such a great approach just for everyone to take what resonates with them and to leave so something that doesn't behind and not to try take that as well, just because, you know, it works for yeah. someone else. And I want to, Absolutely, to yeah. dive deeper into the topic of self-care. And I, mm -hmm. I read a very interesting post of yours that um, you mentioned is self-care really selfish? And someone said, so, so yeah. the quote was that self-care is not selfish. It is necessary. And you were like, self-care mm -hmm. is necessary and it could be selfish. And mm -hmm. yeah, I wanted to, um, yeah. yeah, just please go ahead. Yeah, no, I know which post you're referring to. And now, now like looking back, I made this post like over a year ago and my thoughts on the subject have definitely changed. Um, now looking back, I was like, wait, well, hold on. I was saying selfish, uh, that self-care was selfish. It's interesting because it shows progress, you know, it shows progress and development, you know, but there could be some selfishness, but let's dive deep. So first things first, what is self-care? I think this debate between whether it is selfish or not stems a lot from the fact that people just see self-care as, you know, you do some face masks, you take a nice bubble bath and that's it, that's self-care. But although self-care can definitely include these activities, I think it goes so much more beyond that. I like to define self-care as any activities that you allow, that allow you to attend to your well-being in any of its domains. So activities that help with your physical well-being, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being, your spirit spiritual well-being, and so on. So whether self-care is selfish, I wouldn't say so. I think it can definitely sometimes be perceived as selfish, but ultimately and deep down, I don't think it is. I think selfishness just means lacking consideration for other people. It means just removing everything and everyone out of the picture and just focusing on yourself and just everything is me, me, me. That's selfishness. And this will eventually lead to hostility, isolation, loneliness, all of these emotions and states. 
Self-care, on the other hand, whether directly or indirectly, I think ultimately benefits everyone in your life. Even if the focus is on you, you don't mean any harm to other people and selfishness that might be involved. So for example, if you're attending to your feelings, that means you're allowing yourself to process whatever you're feeling in a healthy way with healthy coping mechanisms, rather than just, for example, projecting everything onto other people. Similarly, if you're setting boundaries, and I think this is one of the ways that people can perceive self-care selfishness is in setting boundaries. But with setting boundaries, I think ultimately it allows your relationships to be strengthened and it allows this sense of respect between both parties to grow. Of course, if the second party is understanding of these boundaries, you know, I think this is where it can get a bit tricky and people can perceive self-care as selfish, but ultimately I think it just benefits you, it benefits everyone in your life. Self-care allows you to build these inner resources such as resilience, which ultimately will allow you to be more open, more curious, even more empathetic towards other people as well. So again, other people are kind of benefiting from self-care. So I wouldn't say it is selfish. I think it's a necessity for yourself and for others around you. And I think also the best thing about self-care is, and I always, I always talk about this on my social media accounts and I still get comments of people being triggered, but self-care does not have to take a lot of time, nor does it have to cost a lot of money. For example, recently I published this reel uh, and this post on my Waves account uh, with five minutes self-care ideas, just five minutes. Sometimes that's all you need. And I mentioned things like doing a body scan meditation, texting a loved one, pausing and taking a few long breaths, even just like complimenting yourself. All of these things are small. They don't take any money. They don't take barely any time to do, and they're still self-care and it's still allowing you to build these resources. So yes, my post from last year, I, looking back at it, it seemed like I was saying, yes, self-care is absolutely selfish. But I think it can be perceived as selfishness in some instances, uh, but ultimately just about like how you communicate your needs and your boundaries and how you set, yeah, how you set these self-care activities and practices in your life. And but yeah, ultimately it benefits you and I think it benefits people around you as well. I just wanted to thank you for three things. Firstly, uh, I wanted to thank you for being open about the fact that your opinions can change and evolve. And that's the progress and the self-development journey, because many people could get just stuck towards something that they thought because they feel like they are not allowed to change. And I wanted to thank you for just yeah. shining light on that. Like you can change and that just personal development. Of course. And I wanted to thank you for actually defining self-care and defining selfish, because I think just having those definitions very much helps because mm -hmm. then you realize that actually that being selfish is not necessarily just say no to someone or prioritizing yourself in the moment, mm -hmm. because in the end it does lead, as you mentioned, uh, when you do prioritize yourself and your own self-care as well, that it does lead ultimately to the greater benefit, not only of you, but also of people around you. So that yeah. was great just to have the definition. So for everyone who is listening in there, like <laughs> now cannot say yeah, something yeah. because they know the definition that we use for selfishness. And the third part, <laughs> the last one that I want yeah. to thank you for is by actually dispelling 
the myth that self-care is something that it's not just about taking uh, buying expensive skincare routine, uh, skincare products, or Absolutely. taking the bubble bath. It's actually so much deeper and there's a variety of activities and so many of them are free. Mm -hmm. uh, it could be done in less than five minutes, are easily accessible to everyone. And I just loved those three parts in the question, in the, how you answered the question. And I oh, wanted to course. point out each of them. Of course, of course. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, for example, when it comes to changing your beliefs and your views, that's literally just growing up and just living and experiencing and welcoming new thoughts and new opinions and, you know, growing with them, learning from them. I think that's really, really important. Just being open, being curious and welcoming different approaches. Even if you're really, really certain that what you believe in is correct, it's, it doesn't hurt to learn about other points of view. It just opens up your horizons, isn't it? Now, and then when it comes to self-care, that's what you said. I, I don't think it's an excuse not to do it. I think ultimately you will benefit so much from finding a practice that works for you in whatever situation you're in. So for example, if you're a mom that has a bunch of kids to take care of, or if you're working a nine to five and all you think about is work and at the end of the day, you're like, oh, I don't have time, I'm too tired. You know, resting, for example. Okay, let's give the example. Someone is trying to build a habit of going to the gym but they work the whole day and they get home and they're like, oh, I'm tired. There's no way I can go to the gym. Sometimes self-care means listening to your body's needs and seeing I am completely tired. There's no way I can move. Maybe I'll just stay home and rest. That is self-care in itself. Sometimes, of course, when you're trying to build habits, sometimes you need a bit of discipline and whatnot. But my approach to this is discipline but with compassion. So mindful discipline, if we will, being conscious of your states. Sometimes, yeah, you need to push yourself a little bit. Come on, let's be lazy. Let's go. But one thing is being lazy. The other thing is just being so completely tired that doing a workout would maybe just harm. Sometimes you just need the rest, you know? So it's kind of understanding and this is when like self-reflection and building your self-awareness also comes in, you know, it's figuring out how your states are and what works for you. And yeah. Wow. You really deepened my perception of self-care today because <laughs> you mentioned just so many activities that are actually self-care that I didn't even know they absolutely they be perceived as such. Mm -hmm. But definitely like when you mentioned it, I was thinking, oh yeah, that's so true. And something that I've been personally struggling with is I am quite an introverted person, so I really need my alone time to recharge. And mm -hmm. yeah. it's quite hard with extroverted friends, for example, because they recharge more from actually being in the company of other people. Just to have that explanation that it's not mm -hmm. that I don't love you or I don't want to spend time with you, but I really do need to take my alone time. And that's mm -hmm. ultimately because if I do show up and I'm not recharged, I cannot show up there and be my best self. I'll probably not show up in my best Absolutely. Mood. And if I do take the time to mm -hmm. actually recharge, and then once I do spend the time to get, we do spend the time together, I'm so present. I'm in a good mood. I can contribute, but Absolutely. it's just something that, I'm just still struggling to communicate because you never want to offend of other people because it could be perceived as selfish as we of were course, discuss yeah. discussing. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you no, have absolutely. any similar thoughts on it. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I think what you mentioned comes down to the setting boundaries parts that we were talking about before. And then ultimately, sometimes imagine, let's say your friends will invite you to hang out or to go for drinks or whatever, and you're just not feeling it. You just rather stay home and recharge and do your own thing. And you need to understand that that's okay too. People, like I said, people are just so unique and our approaches to life are just so unique. So I think it's now in this case, it comes down to communicating your boundaries and saying, maybe not today, because today I just don't, like, not today, I just don't feel like it. And again, emphasizing that it's not about you. It's not that I hate you or anything. On the contrary, I want to recharge to be, like you said, my best self with you to, and then ultimately this kind of setting boundaries, like you said, will allow you to, when you are with the person, when you actually are present, you are present. You're there, mind, body, soul, everything fully paying attention and deepening that relationship. And ultimately I see setting boundaries are such an important part of relationships and friendships and connections because you're just expressing your needs and your concerns and your sides and through communication and understanding, I think ultimately you build so much respect and your relationship just strengthens so much. So it's nothing, it's nothing to be ashamed or guilty about, you know, there's just, how it works, how relationships work. Like for example, the other day, my friend and I, we had arranged to go meet up and that day I was just not feeling it. That was just not my day. So I just told him, look, I cannot meet you today. It's just not it today, but we will meet some other day. When are you free next? And that's how it works. You know, of course it's not a good idea to fully isolate yourself, but take your time, you know, with recharging and being with yourself. I think that's so, so important. Yeah, I I love that. And also, I think just another point that I wanted to add to that is that when you set boundaries with the people who truly love you, do it in a kind way. For example, just mm -hmm. explain why you're yeah, doing something. It's like not, not just like, oh, my God, I just need my time. Leave me alone. Because this is a bit yeah, rude towards yeah. them because <laughs> you are setting a boundary, but like you're doing like yeah. in such a harsh way, like, whoa, you know, what did I do wrong? <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Just building that sense of Thank understanding you. and having that open line of communication between like you and your friends or family or whatever, you know, I think ultimately it's just really important, you know. So of course, say to your friend, look, I like you, of course, you're my bestie, but not today. <laughs> yeah. And um, before I ask my last question, I wanted to ask you, where can people reach out to you, connect with you, check out waves of thoughts? Of course. So I'm more active on my main Instagram, which is irem.martinho, so just my name. But, you know, I also have my website. So if you search wavesofthoughts.com, that's my website. You can see... Um, my services, my one-on-one -on -one services. I also have a bunch of free resources on there as well. So if you want to check that out, feel free to do that as well. I have, for example, a 14 days of self-love challenge, which if you sign up to the newsletter, you will be sent that. Um, but yeah, recently, for example, I've also created an Instagram account, which is an extension of my main one, um, more dedicated and just fully dedicated to waves of thoughts so on my main accounts, I mainly share tools and tips in real formats, also on my stories, but my main post type is reels. Um, but on this Waves of Thoughts accounts, I'm doing other types of content. I'm doing a bunch of posts 
with like little infographics and all the cute little design posts and whatever. Because I actually see some comments of people saying, oh my God, reels just make me feel so anxious, like especially those fast paced ones. So these posts are a nice way to still get some information and some tools and inspiration and whatnot. But like in a way that like resonates with me. So I was like, oh, nice, brilliant. Then I had a great idea to start this account. And on that account, yeah, where's the thoughts with double underscore uh, you can find me as well. So my two Instagram accounts, my website. I also have a YouTube channel, Iren Martinho. Although I'm not as active on there anymore, I was way more when I was studying abroad, doing vlogs and whatnot, which was fun. But I think now I'm just focusing on other things. So I think these are the main ones. Wavesofthoughts.com, my website, and then my main Instagram, Iren.Martinho, and Wavesofthoughts, double underscore. Those are the ones. I just also wanted to mention to everyone that the 14 day self-love challenge, it looks awesome. So everyone just go ahead to <laughs> Irena's page, check it out. And I said, I know I said that uh, it would oh, be thanks. my last question, but I just want to ask you two more questions if you don't mind. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, of course. So what was the intention behind the 14 um, day self-love challenge? So at the beginning of 2022, so beginning of this year is when I took my Instagram to the next level. I started my Instagram this year with like 2000 followers. And at that point I had been on and off posting contents, not, not like, um, very frequently, just on and off. And again, my themes were just studying abroad. I didn't really have a niche. I kind of just posted like kind of whatever, honestly, but mainly studying abroad. That was my thing. But then I finished my master's degree last summer. So a year ago, and I returned home to Portugal and I was like, okay, hold on. I need to think about this because obviously I don't have any more study abroad content to share. So what am I going to do now? Um, so I was like, hold on, How, what can I share? My passions self-care, self-love, self-growth, mental wellness. That's my area of expertise as well. So not only am I sharing like my experiences, but I also can share valuable tools and things that I've learned and things that I can actually help people. So I think of 2022, I was like, let's take this seriously. Let's, let's do this. So I started my Instagram properly in January this year. Um, and so I kept on sharing all these posts about mental wellness and how you can start your journey, how you can improve your journey. And people really resonated with that apparently, because right now we have like 54,000, which is insane. And I'm so grateful for that, but it was definitely a bit of a shock at the same time, because I was like, I, I'm trying really hard. I was putting so much time and effort. Like for example, in January, I was posting like twice a day of valuable content. So it was a lot, a lot of content. So I'm very thankful that people resonated with that. But fast forward to February, I was like, it would be fun to do something a little special rather than just a few posts. So at the beginning, at the end of January, I was like, well, I see February as a month of love. You know, there's Valentine's day and people think a lot about their significant others and whatnot. But I was like, what if instead we focused on our self love on loving ourselves as well? Because of course it's very important to love other people, your friends, your family, your significant other and whatnot. But we cannot forget about loving ourselves as well, building our foundation, our connection with ourselves. So my idea behind the challenge was, let me just create something that's like feasible, that's attainable, that's not too complicated, not too scary to do. So that's how 
the challenge kind of was born to help people foster this connection and appreciation for themselves. And yeah, you know, uh, February is the month of love. Let's focus on ourselves. Let's love ourselves a little bit. So yeah, I designed 14 days. Um, every day I would share a little activity uh, for people to do. And it was very simple things. So very simple things, nothing too scary. So whether that be staying hydrated, that was the first day, or I don't know, having a slow morning, just very, very little things that I think really strengthen that connection with yourself. So yeah, for 14 days, one activity each day for people to do. Uh, you can find the challenge on my reels. That's when I first did a challenge. I also have a guides on my Instagram account for easier access. But yeah, for the freebie for the Waves of Thoughts community on my website, I kind of built on that challenge and I created some like trackers and some reflection moments. There's some scales in there you can complete, some questionnaires, some fun things like that, just to deepen that connection with yourself. And again, this comes back to what we said before. It doesn't have to be anything scary or daunting or very complex. Sometimes just reminding yourself to stay hydrated or doing a bit of journaling or having a bit of a more slower morning or, you know, very small things that I think ultimately really build up your resilience and your inner resources and your self-love, your appreciation for yourself. Guys, you have to check out the challenge. I encourage everyone who listened this far, go check it out now. And the last question, the last question would be, that's quite, this question is quite a challenging one. So brace yourself. What would be your biggest future regret so let's imagine you're 80 years future old Future regret oh my <laughs> let's imagine okay. you're 80 years old you're looking right. back on your life and you're like i wish i've done that i i knew that i should have done that but i have not done that and then now going to this present moment you already know that there is something you have to do you already know that what is it Wow, that's actually that's actually a very interesting question. I never thought about it that way. I like to think like don't regret anything. Everything is a learning opportunity, you know. But oh wow, okay. Oh, hold on. Okay, give me a second. Hmm. I think just things that I set my mind to doing and then not falling through, in a way, would be something that I would regret. Not anything in specific, because honestly, I don't really know. I. I because I have this kind of plan of things I want to do in like the near future. So like two years in, but from that onwards, which is interesting because growing up, I was such a perfectionist and I had this very concrete plan of what I wanted to do. And if things fell off a bit out of the plan, there'll be a big, big problem for me. But at this point, I've learned to kind of embrace whatever comes. So I have this plan for the next like maybe two years or so. But after that we'll see at what point I'm in. So that's really interesting. What would I re have regretted not doing? Maybe, hmm. so, hmm, okay, okay, okay. This is, oh my God, this is such a complicated question. Um, but maybe, I mean, my goals, for example, include like starting my business, moving abroad again, <laughs> you know, starting my practice, becoming fully licensed psychologist, all of that. So, of course, I want to do those things. So I hope I don't regret not doing them. 
but maybe not, and this is a bit more different, but maybe not traveling as much or maybe not having moved abroad as many times as I would like to. Maybe that's because I do want to, for example, go back to England, but after that, I don't see England as my long-term plan. So obviously after that, I see myself moving abroad somewhere else. So if that doesn't happen, maybe I would regret that. But yeah, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> I, I really love to challenge I my guests with the last maybe that, question maybe that. because many people did not think about oh, that question. Oh my God, yeah. So, and I do think it could be quite life-changing oh, to give it a thought. Yeah, no, absolutely. Now you just made me really, really think about it. Like, I hope I don't regret anything and I hope that I do everything that I set my mind to do, but you never know, you know? So maybe that's maybe, or maybe moving somewhere different that I don't like, maybe that's, but then again, I don't see that as the regret. I see that as a, as a learning opportunity. So yeah, I don't know. <laughs> But thank you so much, Irene, for coming on to the show. I do hope that you enjoyed the co the conversation yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, you enjoyed the questions. Yes, thank you so much for having me again. This was very <laughs> Regardless pleasant. of the technical oh difficulties. Oh my God, wow. Well, it's an experience. You never know. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I really, really enjoyed the questions. I think they're very, very insightful. Um, so yes, thank you for having me. <laughs>